Welcome to the MILF Bod Podcast. Mindful, intuitive, lifestyle, fitness. An all-encompassing wellness resource for women featuring some of the most successful, influential mothers and experts out there. I'm your host, Cherokee Luker, mother, model, fitness trainer, and wellness enthusiast. Join me as we dive into all things MILF. Today is a very special episode because it's being released the day after Mother's Day, and I couldn't think of a more perfect guest than Sophie London to commemorate all of the amazing, hardworking, strong, beautiful, dynamic, cool, and stylish mamas out there. Sophie is the exact epitome of what this podcast is really all about. She's hot, fun, free-spirited, hardworking, healthy, beautiful, mindful, all while being the most amazing mother to her beautiful little daughter, Una. In this episode, we get into so many great topics around motherhood. Sophie discusses the duality of motherhood, the hardships, but also how it's the most rewarding feeling in the world to raise a child. We talk about her breastfeeding journey, what it was like giving birth in a birthing center, to dealing with a very difficult pregnancy. We also talk relationship advice, Sophie's diet, her magical childhood growing up in the country, then moving to New York City to follow her dreams of becoming a fashion designer, the importance of investing and saving your money, and so much more. This is a really fun episode, and like I said, the perfect one to release after Mother's Day. I hope everyone out there had a chance to honor their mothers and be celebrated in the best way. Enjoy my chat with the beautiful Sophie London. All right, you guys, calling all creatives of LA or anyone traveling to the LA area in need of an event space, photo studio, content location, video space, production services, or grip services. Issue Studio is a unique photo, video, and event space, and Issue offers full service production in an exclusive, intimate, and private boutique environment. The space is so beautifully curated, you guys, and I can't tell you how many shoots I've done at Issue that have turned out to be some of my favorite shoots to date. Not to mention a bunch of amazing events I've attended over the years where the studio gets completely transformed into the best atmosphere for the perfect party. Also, you guys, the wallpaper in the makeup room is absolutely iconic and it's perfect for the Instagram feed. So I highly recommend Issue Studio for any brand or any influencer looking to elevate their image. It is seriously the most beautiful studio I've ever shot at. And I've shot at a lot of studios here in LA and it's just so clean. It's centrally located. There's a huge parking lot, which is huge here in LA. So go check it out at issuephotostudio.com to find more details about how you can book this amazing space for your next photo shoot, video production, content creation, party, event, whatever it is that any of you creatives need here in LA, Issue Studio has got you. So go check it out. So welcome to the show, Sophie. I am very honored to have you since the beginning of time. When I first came up with this whole idea, I knew that I wanted to have you on the podcast because... 
You're just the coolest mama ever. Thank you so much. It's truly an honor. And I've listened to every episode now. Yay, I've even gone back and listened you. to a couple a second time. Or Really? Mm-hmm. Which ones? Oh, let's see. I actually started listening to Susie Diabs again. Oh, yeah. She had a lot of really good information. She really did. And her accent is just I know. so lovely to listen to. I know. And I haven't re-listened to it, but I wanted to re-listen to um, Rebecca. She's the your My doula. doula. Yeah. I actually, I don't know her, but we used to hang out at the same circle in Venice. So I oh, do, like, we used to always be at the same parties. And yeah. one of our good mutual friends is a photographer. Oh, cool. And there's been so many connections actually listening to the podcast. and Yeah, I feel like LA, it's, it's such a small world. And especially once you get into the whole motherhood community and it's been so much fun. And Rebecca is actually pregnant now. Oh, that's amazing. So I'm so happy for her. Yeah. So yeah, welcome to the show. Thank you. We met when I was pregnant, yes. actually. So I came in to a casting. You're the designer for this amazing brand called Power to the Flower. Yes. Thank you so much. I know I saw your photos on, I think it was the Lips Agency website and had a few girls come in for the casting. Obviously, I remember I printed out, you know, a little collage of photos of you and showed it to Esther, the owner who I work with. Yeah. And when we met you, it was just perfect. So many girls come in and honestly, it's a very different story when you see them in real life. Yeah. But it was meant to be meeting you. I know. I was actually very reluctant to even go to the casting because you know, I was pregnant. I was like, they're not going to book me for swimwear. Like I'm pregnant. Like there's no way. And then I told you guys, and I think that actually worked in my advantage because you guys were all like, oh my gosh, we're mothers too. Like, don't even worry. Exactly. I think my daughter was very young at that point. She was. And you, you know, you, I mean, your body was amazing. You could not at that point, I don't think tell that you were pregnant at all. For me, I could tell, but maybe other people on the outside couldn't really tell. But yeah, so that's how we met. And we've shot together a few times now for the brand. It's such an amazing brand because it's woman-owned, woman-operated, and that's what I love so much about it. And every time we're on set, it's just so much fun. The best vibes. I know. We haven't done a shoot in a long time, but we always have the most fun. It's so fun. Especially when you're there. Yeah. And we give back, you know, 10% of profits to places that empower and benefit women. The East LA Women's Shelter, Planned Parenthood, Step Up were a couple of the last ones we gave back to. So I know give back brands, it's kind of a a thing now, but you know, it's, it means a lot to us to be able to do that. Definitely. So let's back up a little bit and tell me about your childhood. Cause I don't really know much about you other than like work side of things. So tell me about your personal life. Okay. Yeah. I'd love to. I'm from upstate New York, Saratoga Springs area. Okay. And I grew up on almost 90 acres of like country <sighs> rolling hills. The property my parents own is actually called Rock Hill because it's just so rocky. Mm-hmm. And they're both world-renowned bakers, actually. Wow. Bread bakers and French pastry chefs. And they own a bakery in upstate New York. So growing up, I was just always eating. At one point, they baked out of the house, you know, bread and pastries. But I grew up riding horses and at the same time, dreaming of fashion and the city. You know, I'm thankful I grew up in the country and I'm now kind of dying to go back. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure. I know it time, always comes full circle like oh, that. It's unbelievable. You get to a certain point and you're like, now I just want to be yeah. in a country house somewhere. Yep. Tucked away. So <laughs> it was a wonderful place to grow up. I used to ride my pony down to my parents' kitchen. I once brought her inside of the house, which is not a good idea. But, you know, it was just like totally wild and free and roaming through the forest. 
So you've always kind of been like this free spirit, like wild child, because it it translates very much in your style, which I which I love, by the way. Yes, thank you. Definitely a little bit of everything, you know, because mm-hmm. I was in the country, but then I was like drawing platform shoes and clothes in school, and I right. always knew I wanted to be in fashion. And I graduated high school, moved to New York City, and went to the Fashion Institute of Technology. Amazing. And then immediately kind of started working in the industry in New York, and I was there for about. 10 years after college working in fashion and swimwear, mm-hmm. designing for various companies before I moved back upstate for a couple of years and then came out to LA. Cool. What's the market like comparing it from New York to LA? I feel like it's probably very different. It is different. My first big job out of college was for a private label company that sold swimwear okay. in a way similar to the company that I work for now because we also do a lot of private label for big box stores in addition right. to the brand. That's really like the bread and butter of our, the company I work for. But it is different because New York is, you know, you're in the garment industry, you're pounding the pavement. Yeah. I definitely prefer it out here, especially when you're working in a swimwear. I mean, totally. California is just the place to be if you're in the U.S. So it's a little more, I think, laid back. Yeah. And I would consider moving back to New York and going to the countryside, but I have no interest of going back to New York City at this point. Back to the city. Yeah. yeah. It's just such a grind, I feel like. It is. No more public transportation for me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. Taking the subway, especially in the summer. Oof. Oh, yeah. Do not miss that. Have you always designed swimwear? Yes and no. My first real, you know, that job I spoke of was for a swimwear company, swimwear Mm -hmm. and cover-ups. And then a lot of the companies I've done dresses, I've done crop tops, I've done pretty much every category. Yeah. And even now, the company that I'm at now, RW Designs, we've done outerwear, we've done girls' clothing, we do accessories, we've done dog accessories. Like (laughs) I can design, honestly, I can design anything, including homewares, especially when Esther and I get together, we can kind of design anything. Yeah. But swimwear is definitely has a place, you know, close to my heart. Yeah. I was going to ask, like, is swimwear your favorite? It's my favorite. And it's definitely my specialty. You know, I think I'm an expert in swimwear. Definitely. (laughs) And it's such a fun category because you're always designing for beach or vacation or, you know, happy times. Yeah. And people always feel amazing when they're in a cute bikini. Exactly. Um, And there are a million swimwear brands. Yeah. But in a way to me, swimwear is like denim or certain other categories where if you ask 10 people what their favorite brand is for their body, they're going to tell you different things. It's kind of like there is room for all these brands because everybody likes different things, different fits, different prints. I agree because a lot of people can look at it and be like, oh, it's such an oversaturated space. But I like that mindset of being like there's room for everybody in every style. Exactly. And I feel like Power to the Flower is such a unique, specific style. (laughs) And that's what I was going to ask is like, I feel like it's very much in line with your personal style. So how are you able to kind of land a job at a brand that like well, you know, truly the Power to the Flower started after I joined the company. Um, oh, we did okay. more private label for various stores, um, okay. you know, including Walmart, Target, those kind of stores. And then it was sort of a combination of ideas, you know, it was something Esther really wanted to start, the owner of the company. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of like a blend of our favorite things, yeah, including, you know, the prints. It's like a lot of beautiful florals and 70s prints. And, you know, we both love those bohemian 70s kind of Mm -hmm. inspiration. And then like the fit of the brand is sort of where we also mesh our ideas because I always want things skimpier and she wants things to be a little more, you know, 
with conservative. Yeah. <laughs> so it's sort of a, a meeting of the minds. Yeah. And I think you guys do such a great job at that. Yeah. Thank you. We're a small company in a way, but that's what we always call it our passion project because, yeah. you know, we design it for all these stores, not necessarily categories or even some brands that we personally would wear, but this is sort of like the brand where we really get to do whatever we want. Yeah. You can tell that it like comes through because I feel like you both are very passionate about these specific styles and it's very unique and I love it. Yeah. Thank um, you. I feel like it's, it's very seventies vibes. Um, and I feel like whenever I see you, I'm always like, I feel like she was born in the wrong era. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I thought that about myself yeah. also. I mean, me too. I wish I could have lived, you know, so many different eras. If you could go back and live in a specific era, what era would you choose? That would be, it. I'd say like late 60s to early mid 70s maybe totally. would be perfect. Yeah. I mean, when you look back at just everyone's hair, their clothes, yeah. the looks that people put together. I love it. Like the little mini shorts and everything about it. Fur, pile it all on embroidery, fur, yes. fringe. Yeah. It's all my favorite things. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's where you draw a lot of your inspiration from, huh? Yeah, absolutely. A lot of vintage inspiration. So cool. So talk to me a little bit about motherhood so far. You have a beautiful baby girl named Una. I do. How's that been for you? It's been amazing. I mean, she truly is the light of my life. Yeah. She is just so precious in so many ways. I think I always grew up knowing that I wanted to have kids. I really always wanted to have a little girl. Mm -hmm. You know, that part of me wanted to have a little mini me that I could put cute outfits on. Oh my gosh, her style, by the way, <laughs> is so cute. I think I manifested a yeah, girl. And definitely. my my boyfriend, you know, my partner, he, when I was pregnant, we before we knew the sex, mm -hmm. he was sort of like, I, he knew it was going to be a girl. He knew that I was going to will it to be a girl. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I, you know, I would have been perfectly happy to have a boy also. And I think there are so many cute clothes for boys also. But yeah, I have a female cat. I really wanted a female cat. And then I wanted a female daughter, you yeah. know, a female baby. So. Yeah. Oh my gosh. How old is she now? She will be three on the 29th of May. So oh, she's wow. just oh. about to turn three. Yeah. Coming up very soon. Yeah. So wait, is that a Gemini? No. Mm -hmm. She's a Gemini She's a too. Gemini. She is. <gasps> I always just thought like it was Taurus actually. I did too. But then I obviously when she was born, you know, did some research. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I do think, I don't know about Hunter, but I do feel like her personality, I, I don't ever think about it as like two-faced or two-sided no, in a bad way. Definitely not. To me, it's like, they have this duality, adaptability, yes. which I absolutely see in her, you know, and on one hand, her favorite things are playing in the mud, looking for worms and slugs uh -huh. and just getting as like dirty as possible. Yep. And also piling on the accessories and as much cute girly stuff as she can do with her baby doll. Literally the best of both worlds. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I see that very much in Hunter too. I was a little bit nervous when I found out that he was going to be a, a Gemini baby because I don't really know a lot of guy Geminis. I only know girl Geminis. And mind you, I love all of the girl Geminis that I know, but I know that they get kind of a bad rap sometimes. But so far, it's been it's been amazing. Yeah. They have when, to meet. When is his birthday? June 13th. Okay. Yeah. I mean, she couldn't be more adorable. Yeah. So how did you guys come up with the name Una? Because I love oh, that. This is a good story. You know, my boyfriend and I, we couldn't 
agree on a name. I've had a list of names, mind you, for years Mm -hmm. that I was always like, these are possible names for kids, boys and girls. These are possible names for future horses I'm going to have. Like I just write things down (laughs) when I like them. And I think when I read him out my list, it was all just a bunch of no, 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 no's. (laughs) And then when he started to tell me names that he liked, I was also like, no, 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 no. Like what, like Um, what are some that you liked that he didn't like? And what are some that he liked that you didn't like? I always like, I always like sort of exotic names from a faraway land. You know, I can't think of any, (laughs) maybe, you know, Freya. I probably like that. Or names of goddesses. And I think that's a Norse goddess. Some of the names he liked, I do still like. Mm -hmm. But when I look on baby name, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. they were just a lot more popular. Too common. So he liked Scarlet, Hazel. We kind of landed on Faye at one point, spelled F-A-E. Yeah, I like like, that. Because that means fairy. And I love the word and I like the name, but I wasn't certain about it for a first name. Right. So he texted me one day and he said, Una Faye. And I was like, that's it. So it he came up with it, yeah. but it was inspired by a fairy character mm-hmm. in an 80s Tom Cruise movie called Legend. Okay. And there's a blonde, curly haired fairy named Una. Uh-huh. And it's just so perfect because Una is this, you know, to meet her, fairy. she is this little fairy with wild hair mm-hmm. running barefoot around. <gasps> oh so, my gosh. And Una means one or pure or holy or lamb. You'll see it more, I think, in maybe Ireland, Wales, other countries. Cool. I love that story. I know. That's such a beautiful name, Una Faye. Yeah, I love it. And I love now that she can say O-O-N-A, Una Faye. Oh, my God. <laughs> so cute. I know. The other day, Hunter just full-on spelled his name. We were just, oh, wow. we were there, and he just spelled his name, and we were like, um, excuse me? That's incredible. <laughs> That's not an easy name either. Yeah. It's just wild how much they develop so quickly. They are just absorbing every single little thing. I know. When you see the changes from day to day, I mean, yeah. that's my favorite thing when, or I'll, even from week to week, you know, I'll notice that, well, oh, she can't quite say that or she can't do that. And then the next week, like it went from, you know, mommy, wawa, like yeah. I want water, you know, water. and now it's like water. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And their pronunciation and their stringing sentences together. It's just incredible. Yeah. It really is the most fun thing to kind of watch unfold, Yeah, you know, and by no means is it easy. No, no none kinda. of it has been easy for me at all. That's one thing when I was like, if I go on this podcast, I don't want to sugarcoat any of my experiences, no. like everything about it from pregnancy to birth to just life has been hard, but at the same time, you know, The most rewarding, amazing thing in the world. Yeah. I love that you're able to be transparent about that. So like, will you go into a little bit more detail of what you mean when you... Yeah. I mean, starting with pregnancy, I was so thrilled to be pregnant when I found out. We were trying only for a couple months, Mm -hmm. but then I was surprised when it actually happened. I didn't know I was pregnant. We were just moving and I had been lifting boxes and packing our house Yeah, because Dan had hurt his back, I remember. So he he couldn't do as much as normally he would. He's a big, strong guy. But we moved. And then all of a sudden I took a pregnancy test and I was pregnant. But I had the worst morning sickness from seven weeks till I think 20 something weeks. So it was like four months of (gasps) puking on the side of the 405. At the time, our office was further and I was commuting like an hour plus each way. And it wasn't just morning sickness. It was 24-hour sickness. It actually, I think there's two different kinds. There's the kind where you get sick in the morning and it gets better throughout the day. I had the kind where it's not as bad in the morning and then gets worse throughout the day and it's the worst at night. Oh my gosh. And it just affected everything. I had to completely change my diet because I was a lot more vegan plant-based at the time. Mm -hmm. And then I found like none of my favorite things appealed to me anymore, like kale, 
avocado, yeah. broccoli, all my kind of things, staples. Yes. It was like, get them out of my face. I need like a cheesy grilled chicken sandwich. I needed yes. like heavy, hearty rocks of food to sit in my stomach. Yeah. So there was that, but thankfully that passed. And then, you know, I am one of those people, I mean, I did a ton of research and leading up to the birth mm-hmm. and COVID hit, of course, you know, I was scared of giving birth. So I wanted to be as prepared as possible. We did a hypnobirthing course together. Amazing. And it was amazing. But the second the contractions actually started, like kind of all of that went out. I know. Out the window. Yeah. What do they teach you in the hypnobirthing class? Because I like dove into it a little bit, but I only like downloaded this app that kind of taught you, but I never took a class. So what do they teach you? Just, I mean, it's basically that sort of we've been taught to believe that childbirth is extremely painful, but it doesn't have to be that way. And, you know, it does have a lot to do with, you know, you control your thoughts and mind over body, really bringing yourself to this place, you know, teaching yourself relaxation practices and sort of, you know, just being extremely mindful and meditative, breathing the baby down and out. And I I mean, I watched a lot of, you know, you can have this painless or even orgasmic birth. I know. Orgasmic births blow my mind. I know it's possible, possible. but I think I'm just not, maybe I'm too cynical of a person or something. Like, if you maybe practice meditation, you'd be better suited, you know, because I got to know maybe 10 or 15 moms. We all took the course, moms and dads, but the moms all had a text group and the dads all had a text group. Oh, so as nice. we all gave birth, we all kind of were like, were you able to implement, you know, what you learned in the birth? And it was, for me, it was like, not at all. Some people were like, yeah. Wow. It just depends on everything, you know? Yeah, totally. So it was... I think leading up to the birth, it was helpful because I read, you know, this beautiful sort of essay out loud every night to my tummy, you know, just about being calm and meeting my beautiful baby and how, you know, I was going to bring her into the world in peace and calm. I love that. Um, And, you know, on top of that, I'm only laughing because then I was, you know, screaming like a wild beast (laughs) when I actually gave birth. And I did a water birth at a birth center. Oh, yeah. um, Which... In the end, I'm always like, I got what I wanted. I wanted an all natural birth. I didn't want any pain meds. I didn't want any interference. I wanted to like do it myself. Um, And in the end, I got it. And it was kind of a lot, you know, in a way, a lot more than I bargained for. But at the same time, I wouldn't change it. You know, I had a doula Mm -hmm. and ended up being like a 72 hour labor where as soon as those contractions started, like my initial plan was like, I'm going to keep snacking and drinking and, you know, staying really hydrated until as soon as the contraction started, I was projectile vomiting. My body cleared out. I could barely, you know, I drank water, but by the time I actually got to the birth center, mind you, one time we drove there, I was sent back because, you know, you can't stay there. I wasn't far enough dilated. Right. So we had to drive back, you know, through LA traffic back home, continue laboring in our jacuzzi tub outside actually Mm -hmm. with the doula and the pain for me was just it was unbearable yeah to add on top of that you were vomiting yes I mean at one point at some point a certain point I had nothing left to vomit right but I'll never forget Dan brought me out to the hot tub you brought me like this beautiful avocado toast and a smoothie yeah and with you know dates in it all these things Mm -hmm. and I took like you know one little bite and at one point, (laughs) I projectile vomited just like water there was nothing (laughs) nothing to come out but I peed at the same time and we thought my water had broke Oh, because of my body was just like expelling. And so we went back to the birth center Uh and finally they admitted me, but she still said, your water did not break. So the one thing that I did have them interfere with, I guess, was she broke my water for me because she basically said, you can go home and continue this. And at that point I was like, I was so weak. Yeah. Um, I was exhausted already at that point. And they gave me an IV 
just to kind of get some fluids, fluids in me. Yeah. Um, and they did break my water, which did kick things into high gear. And then, you know, we started just like almost like at this squat bar. Mm-hmm. And Dan, my partner, he's six foot seven. He's a big, tall, strong oh, guy. Realize he's six foot seven. Yeah. People think he's a basketball player, but he was amazing during the birth, so supportive. And at one point when we decided to get into the water, you know, he's kind of like, I'm just going to stay back here. And he tells a story where I'm like, get in the water. <laughs> like, I need to. The demon comes yeah. out. Yeah. And leading up to the birth, I think it's funny that I really thought I can do this all on my own. Even yeah. if I was in a hospital, it was COVID and he can't come in. It's fine. I'm just going to be internalizing everything. I did like you. I did keep my eyes shut the whole time. I think I had to. Yeah. Just same. to survive. Mm-hmm. It felt like that. But um He was in the water, the tub behind me. Normally, if he just like pinches me lightly, I'm like, ow. Yeah. But during the birth, I had him putting all of his pressure, squeezing my hips together. My doula was doing some pressure on my back. Yeah. It was just, it was so agonizing. You need that. It literally takes a village to give birth. Yeah. I see that so much now. Yeah. And the midwives there, they do take a hands-off approach. Mm. But I have to say, we kept being like, please come back and coach me. I needed the support. I liked when they were there. And towards the end, it was the two midwives, the doula, you know, my boyfriend, all, you can do it. Like cheering me on, push, push harder than you've ever pushed. And I'm I'm like yelling, I'm pushing harder than I've ever. (laughs) Like I couldn't push anymore to the point where she finally crowned actually the mm-hmm. ring of fire mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when I, they had me stand up in the tub. Okay. And then she finally kind of came down because of, you know, just an, enough wasn't happening. And I was like, I thought I was going to die. I yeah. honestly didn't think I could do it anymore. Yep. And in the end, ultimately now I know she came out with her hand next to her head, which I forget what that's called. It does make things even more difficult. And Definitely. sometimes I wonder, oh, if I had gone into the bed, like the midwife actually suggested, maybe you should try laboring in bed for a while Maybe they could have seen that better and oh, done something different. Yeah. But at the time, I couldn't get out of the, the tub. Yeah. I was like, I can't move. <laughs> I did manage to stand up and I was hanging off of Dan like he was a tree, yeah. basically. You know, I always thought, I love that women give birth like that. And I kind of did that. I was like hanging off my That's man amazing. tree. Yeah. <laughs> and then she finally came out and, you know, she came out. I grabbed her uh-huh. underwater uh-huh. and just like put her onto my breast and... The midwife told me they'd never seen, maybe, you know, maybe once or twice, but never seen a baby latch on that quick. It was just like she, she was amazing, Im- immediately latching on nursing. That is amazing. Yeah. You know, a wow. little wrinkly purple baby. Oh, my God. <laughs> and no wonder because she still loves the boobies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. What an incredible story. Yeah. So, like, I've always been curious, when you give birth at a birthing center— are you just assigned a midwife when you get there or do you get to choose who your midwife is? I had a midwife. I think there's just two midwives at this place. It was called Pure Births in Valencia. Mm-hmm. So, you know, really nice location. And I love Tiffany Gallo is the midwife. I switched over at one point from my OBGYN mm-hmm. to Tiffany when I decided I was going to, you know, use her center. Yeah. And then went there for all of my, you know, last checkups, checkups and everything. Yeah. So it was always like there was a chance that she wouldn't be the mid, you know, you never know what's gonna right. happen with the time frame. But she ended up it was her and then her, the other midwife there together. Okay. Who I hadn't really met before, but they were both together Amazing. fantastic, you know, Good. and sort of offered different things. And within two and a half hours after giving, we went onto the bed birthing the placenta is a whole nother thing. And that was, yeah. my bladder was so full that it was blocking the placenta from coming down. And oh. at one point, I think they they said we might have to, now I forget what you take to try to make it come down. After the birth, I thought that I might have to go to the hospital to 
to, to I can't even remember the right now, placenta. to be honest with you. Yes. But then thankfully it just, it came out. Yeah. And then, um, goodness. yes, I yeah. got to see it, which is really crazy. You it's know? really crazy. Yeah. She took a video of it at one oh, point. Shoot, I wish I did that. And she was saying, it's like your baby's first little home. It's their apartment. It literally looks like the tree of life. Mm, it does. It looks like a jellyfish type thing. Like a web of yeah. arteries, I guess. I yeah. don't know. My midwives were telling me when I delivered my placenta that it was because I got mine encapsulated after. I did too. And so normally when that happens, they usually are able to produce like whatever it was, like 150 capsules. Mine was able to produce twice that amount because wow. mine was, according to them, it was like super healthy. Oh, and amazing. it was it was basically healthy enough to have carried twins is what they were wow. alluding to. But yeah, it's so cool. The woman's body is truly, truly amazing. So two and a half hours after giving birth, they're sending us home, which is at the time it was like, yeah, we can go home. I mean, I wasn't like, oh, no pain. I was still like, holy Lord, what just happened to my body? But at the same time, you know, I waddled out of there in my diaper and we were driving at the time my little VW Beetle convertible. Dan's <laughs> driving. He was, so and I'm in the front. I love when he tells the story because he's like, I was driving like 15 miles per hour. I have this tiny little baby in the back, yeah. you know, this tiny car. I know. I didn't even think about the transportation from, because, you know, I did a home birth. So, but like, I would be so nervous driving the baby yeah. for the first time. And it was nighttime at that oh, point. Gosh. Yeah. But, you know, we just got home, we got yeah. into bed and then oh. pretty much stayed there. I did the thing where you try to stay off your feet as much as possible for like two weeks. Yeah. He was my butler for those two weeks. I'll never forget, you know, waking, he would just bring me smoothies and eggs and sourdough toast. What a good man. I know. I think that was one of the best times of my life. You know, I have my baby next to me, you know, the person I love caring for me. And then the most beautiful bouquet of flowers from my mom. Yeah. Just like, it was so amazing. Oh, I love hearing that. I feel like I had a very different experience. The first couple weeks, I was very much like, what the fuck do I do with this thing? (laughs) Like I had no idea. And yeah, it definitely took some getting used to. It was rough. I mean, I didn't know what to do, but I just kind of stayed in bed. Yeah, that's good. I'll never forget like the first time they, they poop, you know, that meconium or whatever it's called, Uh the black poop. He's like, I want to see, we want to be there. (laughs) He wanted to be there for every diaper change. Yeah. That that passed quickly. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. (laughs) The first few. (laughs) So wait, when you're in a birthing center, are you in a center and there's multiple other women giving birth at the same time or how does There it- could be. There weren't any other women there at the time. Maybe one came in sort of as we were leaving. I don't really remember. Okay. But, you know, they sort of have like a checkup room, like a doctor's office, and then they have a few different birth rooms. Mm-hmm. They all have a tub, you know, which have like cool lights in them. Oh, cool. And I don't think there's that many though, but I, I do think, yeah, there probably could be two, maybe three births going on at once. Probably two. Are you in the same room? No. Oh, no. We okay. have, you have your own room. So okay. you have this big room with a bed, a tub, and a private bathroom. Oh, so it's really nice. You know, it's really so nice. nice. And then the other room would be the same. So I'm sure, you know, if you're just the only person there, you get the nicest room. Right. And then the second nicest room for the second person. Cool. Yeah. But oh. I think they try to make it, you know, really special for everybody and it feels comfy and cozy. I still think a home birth is the best way to do it. I really do. If you're a good candidate for that, you know, and if everyone's comfortable with it, I think when we started off that scared, you know, my partner, and that's why initially we were going to do a hospital birth. And I had this, like (laughs) this crazy request list for the hospital. It was like, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. (laughs) 
And then ultimately we didn't have to use that. But I'm just in a way so thankful for COVID because they actually offered a 50% discount if people wanted to switch over to this birth center. Because it's not not covered by insurance. So normally it would have been seven grand out of pocket, Mm -hmm. but it was 3,500. That's amazing. And I was like, I'm doing it. It's perfect. Yeah. In a way, COVID was kind of like a blessing in disguise. And honestly, it was like the perfect time to be pregnant too. I always say- we went on a baby moon in Hawaii when uh-huh. I was pregnant, which was amazing because oh. we I swam every day. We went on these amazing long hikes. I felt really good, you know, after the nausea passed yep. and tried to, you know, keep as active as I could until like towards the end when you just get so big where I'm just like, oh my gosh, I, feel, so I, felt, I felt stuffed in the end. I, you know, I gained, I think 30 pounds. And when she was born, I, I remember looking back at pictures and I was like, she was so skinny as a little baby. Mm. I think towards the end, it was like, I couldn't eat enough almost yeah. because I was just felt full. Yeah. Cause they're taking up so much room. Mm-hmm. I, I remember feeling the same way too. Yeah. And just trying to get comfortable in bed and all that. Yeah. But yeah, the COVID thing was great because towards the end of the pregnancy, I was working from home for a little bit, you know, right before my maternity leave would have started anyways. And we have a pool, we live in the Valley. Mm-hmm. So I was swimming every single day. So nice. And it was just ideal really for, you know, that last trimester. Oh. And the only bad thing that came out of it, of course, was that no one could visit us. So my parents, you know, they live in upstate New York and my dad had a bone marrow transplant also like in the same oh, year. So no. he couldn't travel also, but yeah. they didn't end up meeting her until she was two last year. Oh, wow. So, you know, now we're yeah. about to go visit them again, but. Oh, good. So that was, you know, that was hard. Yeah. But thankfully, at least her other grandparents were able to come out and meet her. Oh, good. How did you and your man meet? We also have. I think an epic love story, but we I met. feel like just seeing photos from you guys, I'm like, <laughs> damn, this couple is, <laughs> I mean, wow. Oh, yeah. He's amazing. We met when I moved out here about 10 years ago mm-hmm. and I had, I was married all through my twenties to oh. a Brazilian guy I met in college. Okay. I didn't know that. I still remain close with, you know, he's a dear friend, but we split up after seven or eight years mm-hmm. and then we lived in New York city together I went back to upstate New York and worked in my family's restaurant for about two years as a hostess. Cool. And then I, you know, I was just kind of like trying to figure out what to do next. Mm -hmm. And I decided to move to California, drove cross country with two girlfriends who weren't moving with me. They just came for the trip. Fun. And then it was so much fun. Within a month of living in LA, I don't know, I think I had four or $5,000. I had to, you know, find an apartment, find a car, uh, get a job. Oh my God. And then all at the same time, also I met Dan and we met, um, I was living in this really cool apartment building right on Venice Beach called the Ellison. Um, Jim cool. Morrison used to live there. It's just like super, iconic. yeah, it's an iconic place. And it's on the beach. We could hear the waves crashing from, we had the topmost. How did you score that? I found it on Craigslist. You know, I was driving all over LA with my friend. I didn't know anything about LA, like yeah. neighborhoods. And then thankfully I found a job. I was designing for this mm-hmm. swimwear company. And the two really cool South African guys who owned it, they were like, you belong in Venice. Yeah. You need to live in Venice, you know? And I didn't even know really Venice at all. But when I went there, I was like, yes, I do. (laughs) I do need to live here. Because my first two weeks, I did stay in a friend's apartment in Hollywood. She was out of town. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, I didn't know where I belonged. Venice, I just got lucky. I found this place on Craigslist. It was a little out of the budget I had planned. Mm -hmm. But I ended up having the top corner-most unit of this old brick building, like brick walls and beam ceilings. It was super cool. Wow. And then the he was kind of like the property manager of the place was this cool surfer guy, mm-hmm. Chad. Shout out Chad. <laughs> and he asked me if I wanted to go surfing one day. Mm-hmm. 
And I was like, obviously I do. I just moved to California. Yes, I want to go surfing yeah. with this hot surfer dude. Of course. And on the way, we picked up another girl, like this cool Swedish girl. And then we stopped at Dan's place mm-hmm. in Hermosa Beach. She lived there. And I remember thinking, no, this is the guy that I like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I always, you know, give Chad credit for introducing us. But we met, we just had a really fun hangout day at the beach. Dan is nerdy in the best ways. He was telling me about all of like the rock formations and the little creatures that live there. What does he do? He actually works for Tesla. He's an operations manager for the solar. He runs the San Fernando Valley region. Incredible. Yeah, the Tesla, the energy side of things, the solar. So he's like a solar expert. He knows everything about solar. And he's nerdy in the best way. Nerdy in the best ways. Um, You know, really smart, but also loves fantasy. I used to call him my entertainment coordinator Mm because I'll be like, what movie should I watch? And he'll name some like weird random 80s movie, (laughs) but it'll be the best movie you've ever, you know, he's introduced me to so many, you know, interesting, cool things. Awesome. But we ended up, you know, we met and then fell in love pretty quickly. I won't tell the whole story, you know. He had to go back to New York for about a year right after we met. But I was like, I'm waiting for you, you know, and he was kind of like don't wait for me. That's silly. You just moved here. But ultimately I did. We talked almost every day and got closer and been together ever since. He moved into my place with me and we wow. got a, we got a baby cat before we decided to eventually have a real baby. Have a real baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's your yeah. cat's name? Yara. Yara. That's such a cool name too. Yeah. You have the coolest <laughs> names. I'm going to come to you for name ideas oh, for my next yeah. baby. All right, my MILF fam, as you all know, I'm always looking for ways to aid in becoming the most optimal version of myself mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. And one of the things I do to support myself in doing this is by taking my vitamins every single day. And I know it can be overwhelming sometimes with all of the supplement brands out there, but one brand that I've been a huge fan of for years now is Wealthy. Two products I absolutely love by them is the Her and the Sweat. And they just recently sent me the Vision Gummies, which I am so excited to try and see the results from. Get it? See the results from the Vision Gummies? Which I think is so cool that they are pioneering advocacy for vision health because, you know, we're always looking at our screens every day. And it's something that I think a lot of people just put on the back burner and dismiss. But the HER is a great way for women to get their daily dose of biotin, vitamins A, B, C, D, E, calcium, hyaluronic acid, magnesium, and selenium. Just all of the great things that us women need and are probably lacking and it's all in one. And then the sweat is something I like to take before a workout to just help enhance my burn with the natural caffeine. And there's also dandelion root in there to help with my metabolism and digestion. The quality of these supplements are just next level. And I'm telling you, you have to go check them out. If you use the code MILFBOD, you get 25% off your first order when you go check out at imwealthy.com. That's code MILFBOD, M-I-L-F-B-O-D at checkout at imwealthy, I-M-W-E-L-L-T-H-Y.com to get 25% off your first order. Enjoy, everybody. Do you guys 
think that you'll have another one. I know that this is you know, a loaded question, but it's it's hard. I know. To know. I, I hope that I get to a point where it sounds like a good idea. Part of me is like, Una is everything I dreamed of. So I just want to keep it the way it is. Yeah. You know, I was pretty certain I wanted to have a child at the same time. There was a time when I thought, you know, maybe I don't like, maybe I just want to travel and be super free. And I honestly think that lifestyle is amazing for a lot of people. Yeah. Like I don't think people should have kids unless they would live to regret it. You know, and they really want it because that's how hard I think it is. I agree. So at this point I'm kind of waiting, you know, maybe in a year or two, sometimes, I mean, of course I miss, you know, holding a baby. Like it's something I crave. At the same time, I mean, Una still nurses. Right. And oh, yeah. I wanted to talk about I'm that too. Still, I still feel tired most of the time. I'm sure. And we don't have any family out here. And it's just, it's really hard. You know, when she's sick, I have to stay home from work. Yeah. And I've missed countless days, weeks of work because I have to stay home with her because we just have nobody here to help us. Yeah. You know, and I know we're not alone in that. We're not the only people who live far from family. But there was one episode you had where someone said, The only parenting hack is to live near in-laws or family. I mean, that is so true. It's so true. And And we're we're failing miserably. I failed so hard at that. Well, you too, New York and Mm -hmm. Maine, like Mm -hmm. as far away as you can get pretty much. Right. So yeah, you're still nursing Una and she's three years old. About to be three. About to be three. That is incredible. How has your breastfeeding journey been for you? I mean, it really has been a journey you know, now we're in a really great, easy place, but it was such a roller coaster, mm-hmm. such a learning experience every day, something new. Initially, yeah, she latched fine. We didn't really have any problems with that. Thankfully, the midwives were really helpful with like positioning her. And even Dan would come by and kind of be like, you know, you got to straighten her out compared, you know, because they just teach you how to get them properly. And we do bed share, you know, we co-sleep. I did put her in a bassinet at one point for a few months and it just did not work for me. Yeah. I kind of always knew that I wanted to just be super easy where I can roll over Especially. and nurse her. Yeah. And I mean, we're still doing that. And the snuggle sessions we have, they're so epic. You know, I mean, we take baths every night together also. Oh, I love that. Just because when she was little, I couldn't find a way that felt safe, mm-hmm. like bathing her in a little thing. I know there are a million ways of doing it. It just, I kept having these things where I'm like, I'm just going to get in there with her. Yeah. And then it turned into this because she nurses. We lay in the water. She nurses. She's such a mermaid. Having been born in the water, I think it really like Definitely. water calms her and she loves swimming and loves being in the bath usually. But yeah, it's been, you know, I had several bouts of mastitis where, you know, mm-hmm. I wrapped my breasts in cabbage leaves. I was on all fours dipping my breasts into cups of warm salt water. Is that what you're supposed to do? Because I got it too. There's just all sorts of remedies and things you can do. You know, you're supposed to massage super hard. I did that. Take hot showers, just all the things you can do. And I did end up discovering that there's a probiotic with two specific strains that actually fight the infection better than antibiotics. Oh, what what is it? um, Do you remember off the top of your head? I don't remember what the strains are called, but I know there's one garden of life it's actually like a women's vaginal care one, they call it. Yeah. It's a pink and white bottle. That's okay. the one that has the two strains. And okay. I've just taken it every day religiously now. I take Smart. one at night. And after, you know, I think I had a mastitis once or twice. Because in the beginning, I was over pumping. I was using the Hakka, mm-hmm. you know, suction thing. And I did have this epic stash of milk, which made me feel really comfortable. Yeah. But at one point I donated 500 ounces of milk because I had so much in the freezer. Oh my And then gosh. I was still nursing her and I just didn't need it. Right. And then... Turned out she didn't like reheated milk. Mm. So, you know, it was just such a journey. I donated that milk. I, I pumped less. Like I used to wake up in the middle of the night to pump. I would never do that again with, if I had another one. I would just, you know, never wake myself up to yeah. pump more because I wanted to have like a extra stash. But 
you know, she just obviously loves, she calls it boobies. She yeah. loves, she loves her boobies. It's such an intimate, precious time together. That's so beautiful that you guys bathe together every night. Yeah. I love that so It's really, much. really, it's nice. Yeah. <sighs> and there's occasional times when I don't want to get in the bath or I don't. And she's kind of like, why are you? Where are you? Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> get in here. <laughs> she's bossy. <laughs> Sounds like you guys are so close. And it, that's such a beautiful relationship to have, like that mother-daughter bond. Yeah. We snuggle on, I have a day bed in our living room. That's kind of like our, our space. The second I get home from work, because I drop her off at daycare now, and then mm-hmm. my boyfriend picks her up. He gets off work earlier because he starts earlier. Yeah. Um, he picks her up, brings her home, and he hangs out with her. And then when I get home, it's like we're immediately horizontal on the day bed. And mm. she's, you know, nursing. And it's just the coziest thing you could possibly imagine. She still yeah. sleeps most often on top of my arm. Uh-huh. Like I'm just used to being sort of uncomfortable <laughs> yeah. where I sleep like a scarecrow kind of like yeah. arms out and she's like in my armpit nook of yeah. the arm. Just ready to go. Yeah, whatever exactly. She needs, <laughs> I always kind of hoped that my breast milk would just dwindle naturally and I wouldn't have to worry about trying to wean her. But at this point, you know, it works for us. I'm just trying to go with the flow. I've talked to her now that she understands more like, you know, you're going to be three soon. Maybe we are going to stop having boobies. And she's mm-hmm. kind of like, no, yeah, she's like, <laughs> we're not stopping that. <laughs> That's not in my yeah. plan anytime. Yeah. <laughs> but for the most part, I think the pros outweigh any cons. Like when we've Good. traveled with her on a flight, she'll just nurse and sleep almost the, you know, the entire time. Yeah. And people are like, I didn't even know there was a kid on this flight. Oh. And I'm like, yeah, because she's, you know, stuck to my boob. Yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. Oh my gosh. And what does your diet consist of? Do you think that you're contributing to your breast milk production from your diet? I always wonder because in terms of like having morning sickness, I always wonder, was that something to do with my diet? Was there something missing? Because they don't really know what causes it. You know, there is no answer really for it to the breastfeeding thing because we had a nanny from when I went back to work at four months who was from Afghanistan and Mm -hmm. her daughter-in-law had a baby and she had a really hard time producing milk and they're giving her all these lentils and soups and things that are supposed to be good for, you know, breast milk. And I didn't really do anything special. Early on, I did drink a lot of like mother's milk tea. Yeah. And I mean, I try to eat really healthy and balanced. Mm -hmm. I'm so much more relaxed than I used to be about it. I used to get really stressed out about trying to be fully vegan or fully this. And now I really just eat kind of everything. I don't really eat a lot of meat. Yeah. I do eat more plant-based, but I do eat fish and chicken. Okay. I, I sometimes like to pretend I don't, but I do. Yeah. Um, and I eat <laughs> eggs and, and I eggs. do okay. eat some Parmesan cheese okay. and sometimes cheese too. I mean, I eat pizza. Who am I kidding? Yeah. <laughs> but in general, like, you know, I'll choose a non-dairy butter, a non-dairy this. It's just right. more for, you know, my skin is always the thing I'm like, Do you notice that when you have dairy, your skin kind of reacts to it? Dairy, eggs, those are the two things, although I still eat eggs quite often, but um, I do find they affect my skin. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I did a ton of work at one point trying to figure out if there was one food thing causing like any kind of skin issues. Mm -hmm. And I took a blood inflammation allergy test, which was really interesting, but ultimately everything I tried to cut out, it didn't make that much of a difference to where I felt like I needed to stick with it. So yeah, I feel like it's so much trial and error. It is, you know, having a child and being sort of a tired mom has really made me more adaptable in terms of what I eat. I'm like, we're going to have pizza tonight. Fine. But with her, I mean, she eats super healthfully. Like she eats mostly, you know, whole foods. I'll give her a big bowl of like sauteed mushrooms. Amazing. She eats it. People are always like, how do you get her to eat all these things that, you know, some kids don't eat? I'm like, I just don't 
have chicken nuggets in the house. You yeah, know, no. I just don't. You just don't expose them to it. Yeah. And I'm not saying I never deprive her of, you know, she has sweets. She loves sweets. I bring her cupcakes and yeah. let her have cake at parties or whatever it is. We have pizza. We'd order pizza, you know, whatever it is. But at the same time, on a regular basis. Yeah, basis. I always tried to kind of do it how the French people do it or, you know, maybe just Europeans in general, like have her eat what we eat. Yeah. But actually more, most of the time she eats healthier than we eat. Wow. I was like, we should go on her diet. That's impressive. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And probably too, because you started her so young, she's probably just so used to it at this point. And she yes. probably just craves those foods. She does. I mean, she'll eat giant carrots, like a rabbit, like a yeah. whole cucumber, a carrot, Hunter a loves bag a good of peppers. Carrot. Yes. It's so cute. <laughs> good. And berries. Like I heard you say Hunter, she'll crush, you know, a pint of any kind of berries. So quickly. Yeah. I'm like, where did those go? <laughs> at one point, he ate so many blueberries at one point that I changed his diaper. His skin literally got dyed blue <laughs> from the amount of blueberries that he had eaten. And I was like, okay, I think we need to like chill on the blueberries for a second. That's hysterical. Yeah. And the daycare she goes to, and Nana, who runs it, and her daughters, they have three daycares in our area. She makes food for all the daycares every day. When we went for a tour there, I love that the Nana, you know, she was kind of saying like she makes them rice and beans for lunch or, you know, chicken noodle soup or whatever it is. But she makes everything from scratch and she's very oh, wow. mindful of she was like trying to add more vegetables and Good. do things that her kids were like, uh they didn't, yeah. they weren't crazy about the mushroom meals, but I'm like, Una's going to love this. <laughs> Good. That's so nice to know too, that she's in a place where she's getting fed. It is. Like, actual nutrition. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like it's so rare these days. It's so like, fun. It's one of my favorite things every day. I love to ask her, like when I see her sec first thing, I'm like, what did you have for lunch today? Yeah. I love to hear it. Rice and beans. Green <laughs> <laughs> <Spring> beans. <laughs> oh my God. Do you have a piece of advice that you would give to our audience, like regarding your relationship? Once you have a child, how did it affect you and Dan's relationship? And like, what's a piece of advice that you would give to people out there if they're trying to have a baby or? I mean, probably advice that I need to take more myself. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's been really hard. It's probably been harder for him than for me in a way because of the breastfeeding. You yeah. know, she favors me mm -hmm. and I do so many things with her that then I'm kind of tired. So, you know, I'm really trying to do my best to make sure that I give my time to him, alone time with him also. Yeah. I think that's obviously so important because you don't want your significant other to feel neglected. left out or neglected. Yeah. You know, I mean, my dream in life, of course, is that we can stay a happy family forever. Yeah. And that, you know, she has two parents that love her and of course together. And it's a partnership. It is a partnership. We're constantly learning. You know, I think it's it's a struggle because sometimes I critique things that he does, or I critique his parenting. Mm -hmm. And in a way, he's so much more supportive of me. Yeah. I critique him. And then <laughs> whenever I say something to Una, he's like, listen to your mother. <laughs> listen to your mommy. That's important, you know? That's but good... then when he says something to her, I'm like, Dan, you know, yeah. which it's not fair. Yeah. And I, you know, it's something that I need to work on. Yeah. We do have to be, you know, a united front. Totally. But I love talking to him. Like after I put her to bed, I love to come out and sort of talk about like, if there was an incident or something, because she's a toddler right now. She's a, she's a little angel, but she's also extremely so independent. She's yeah. willful. You know, she can be challenging sometimes. She is also just nonstop energy. Like she never stops. Mm -hmm. So I love to kind of come out and sort of explain to him, like what I think, let's say that was, yeah. you know, and usually I'm like, you know, she was super tired. She 
didn't nap all day. There's often a reason for things. I think just, you know, getting away from maybe your question, but communication. 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 I love to just have those family conversations, having, you know, the family dinners together. I think that's amazing. We don't do it every night. We try. I think communication is kind of the real like bullet point that you touched on. And I think that that's so key in any relationship, but especially once you add another human into the mix, Mm -hmm. like it's so, so important to have those communication skills and to just carve out that time just where you guys can talk and communicate without her being present. Exactly. We don't really do date night just because right. we're kind of like too tired, yeah. honestly. I think I'm sure it would be great to do that eventually. Mm-hmm. But at this point, it's more like just spending some time together in the evenings. My favorite thing, I feel the best, honestly, and I feel the closest with him mm-hmm. after we talk Yeah, about, you know, recent things and what's going on. I feel so much better when we're having like open and honest kind of conversations. Definitely. What's one thing that you're kind of struggling with with Una right now and one thing that you're really enjoying the most about her because I feel like I've heard from a lot of people that terrible twos isn't really as bad as once they reach three. They call them three-nagers. And so I'm like, I'm very nervous. That is, you know, I haven't (laughs) heard that yet, but I'll tell you, she is becoming the most challenging now than she's ever been. As she's approaching three years old. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. as she approaches three just because she can communicate so well. At the same time, you know, they still say they have more feelings than they can express. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times she will have these little moments of rage where she has this anger. And they're like, where is this coming from? Where she gets so angry. And a lot of it is directed towards daddy, Mm. which is really hard for everyone. I'm sure it's the hardest for him, but it's hard for me too, because I just want to make it better. You know, so she does things to him sometimes that it's like, it's not okay. Mm -hmm. You know, I try to talk to her and understand, you know, what is going on? Why did you do that? What's making you feel that way? And sometimes I don't think she even knows. And sometimes I think she does have her reasons. (laughs) So I think that's it. I think just the fact that she has some vocal cords and she can (laughs) yell um, and be very sort of willful. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's not anything that I'm worried about. Yeah. You know, I think that's very normal. Both of us, I think, you know, we just recently talked about what something she did and, you know, he's just like, it's going to pass. And I know it will. I I have no worries that she's going to have behavioral issues. I do spoil her a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of it. We we both do. But at the same time, you know, I'm not worried that she's going to be a spoiled brat. I think sometimes it it might present like that a little bit. But (laughs) I think that, you know, when she's a little older, I'm going to give her an allowance maybe, and then teach her, you know, she can do chores and work for the, you know, we're trying to teach her like all these toys and everything that you want to buy every day. Like she says, you know, I want to go to the store and buy toys. I want blue toys. I want this, you know? I know. (laughs) And we try to make her understand like mommy and daddy have to work to make money so that we can buy these things for you. Yeah. And that's smart to start teaching her now. Yeah. You know, we don't want it to be where her birthday and Christmas and all these things aren't special at the same time. Sometimes she doesn't want to go to daycare in the morning and I'll promise her a little treat or something when I come home. And then she's like, okay, bye. (laughs) She's so happy. And I'm like, honestly, it's worth it. I mean, and that's totally fine. I think that's another parenting hack is bribery can Mm -hmm. go such a long way. Today, I promised her I'd bring her this one specific. I don't know how I'm going to achieve this. She wants a treat, but a butterfly treat. A butterfly treat. Oh, That would be like Mm. a butterfly shaped cookie or a gummy or something, which I've never 
I'm not thinking she's ever had before. To think if I know of any spots. <laughs> I think she got the inspiration from during Easter. I gave her a little chocolate in the shape of a ladybug. And then there was oh. a bee. So I think she's thinking there's butterflies. I'm sure they exist out there. It's just somewhere of finding it. <laughs> I, can just I, picture, I can picture you just like <laughs> driving all around LA searching for this butterfly. I know. I know. <laughs> I swear though. we do to make our children happy. Yeah. It's, it's the best thing in the world though. It is. She loves daycare. She goes willingly most days. It's mm-hmm. just... She's been homesick with me all day for a she week, let's say. She it. gets used to it. She's yeah. like, why? Wait, I want this. Yeah. Or if we go on a vacation or a trip together, the family, and then we come back, she will also be like, I don't want to go back. You know? Right. But then a couple of days later, it's all good. Yeah. So now that we're into all of this, let's jump into the acronym. What do you do to stay mindful? I did recently start journaling and I bought this beautiful journal and these two beautiful sticker books from anthropology, which just kind of made it more fun and beautiful pens, you know? Yeah. And I put these beautiful stickers and started journaling, but you know, I did it for a few weeks and then to be honest, I haven't done it in a couple months. I know it's hard to stay consistent. It is, but I try to be alone with my thoughts a lot. I think the, in the baths, I do feel like I stay mindful in there. Mm -hmm. Taking baths, you know, going on walks. I'll go on walks with her. I won't have headphones in or anything. Not to say that's not a great thing too, like listening to podcasts, Mm -hmm. I think is a way of being mindful. I do too. Yeah, Um, definitely. Anything that kind of betters, you know, helps me. I'm all about also the like self-help and the inspiration. Totally. Talking to family and friends. I feel like that really helps me. That's a good one. You know, honestly, if Dan didn't invite people over to the house, I'd probably see friends like once or twice a year. I'm (laughs) such a hermit (laughs) and I kind of got comfortable just like being a little hermit. Yeah. When I go out, I do have the best time ever. Right. But I'm more like inclined to probably just stay home and not do that. Mm -hmm. Those are all really great things that you just mentioned. And I think that's one that a lot of people haven't really mentioned before is talking with family and friends. I think that that's very important to just carve out time for the people that you love in your life. Yeah. I think my, my parents mostly, they really sort of ground me and center me and, you know, I'd be lost without them. Oh, Yeah, it sounds like you had the most magical childhood. I mean, yeah, I know at some point I want to read you this. My dad sent me a text on my way here before this, and it was just out of nowhere. Oh my God. But it was about following your bliss. I don't know. It was just really beautiful. Wow. He's a baker, but also was a poetry and literature professor at one point. So he has a very interesting mix of things going on in his. Yeah, I would love for you to read that. Genius baker brain. (laughs) That is so sweet. How do you listen to your intuition? Follow your bliss. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think I get a gut feeling about things. If something doesn't feel right, I won't follow through with it. You know, I recently didn't go on a work trip, for instance, because the idea of it stressed me out so much. I just knew that I wasn't ready to leave Una. There's just been things like that where I feel like I do have to just follow. I think I have a good sense of, you know, what feels right to me and what doesn't. And Mm -hmm. I do try to just listen to my women's intuition. Definitely. I think it gets stronger too. For me, at least it gets stronger as I get older because I feel like, you know, when I was younger, I wanted to people please a lot and you always want to say yes to everything. And I'm so into saying no. (laughs) Yes. You just, you just got to be selfish sometimes and not in a bad way, but just you got to listen to what's best for you. Yeah, you really do. What are some of your lifestyle non-negotiables? Good food. Yeah. Like healthy, organic food. Like what does your daily meal routine consist of? 
I mean, it does change, mm-hmm. but like a, like a sample menu yeah. <laughs> would be with Una. She loves, she requests on a daily basis, waffles. She loves waffles. So, she loves pancakes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. I, I do I either make waffles, pancakes, or eggs usually in the morning. Uh-huh. So I have tried intermittent fasting, although I feel like with the breastfeeding and with her getting up and wanting this hearty meal right now, yeah. it's not sort of, I, I get kind of hypoglycemic almost if yeah. I don't eat frequently. Especially so, breastfeeding. It takes such a huge toll. My favorite breakfast is probably avocado toast. I yeah. make a very good version of it. I love like a, a hearty, hearty kind of sourdough bread or something oh. like that. But yeah, generally something like that for breakfast. I either make her like eggs and avocado. I always pull out fruit for her in the morning too, like mm-hmm. berries, yep. apples, whatever I can get her to eat, you know, because she wants waffles with sprinkles and maple syrup yep. <laughs> or pancakes. Although I always try to make a healthy whole grain version, Yeah, sometimes gluten-free ones. And then lunch. You know, usually I'm at the office during lunch. Right. So I'm going back to eating more like big salads during lunch, which usually I would, you know, not even have protein on it. Maybe occasionally have like salmon on it or something, but normally just like a big veggie salad or I'll get like a lentil soup and a Greek salad. Mm, Or I sometimes get a juice and an avocado toast. There's only a few places sort of right by my office. Yeah. Um, or I'll get from, there's a Japanese place, like a avocado roll or a California roll, something like that. Oh, and like a miso yeah. soup or edamame, things like that. So a lot of veggies mm-hmm. and a little bit of protein and a little bit of carbs. Yeah. I'm not afraid of carbs. Maybe I should be a little bit more, <laughs> but I'm really not. You can afford the carbs. <laughs> Don't. I'm just, at this point, very relaxed in a way. Good. I kind of look forward to getting a little more strict. Mm-hmm. Although I'm just one of those people, like when I get strict, I'm like, I don't cheat at all. Oh God, <laughs> you're one of those people? Damn, I admire you. A little bit. I haven't been like that since pre-pregnancy, but <sighs> I used to get really- I want to be like that. Really? Just, yeah. yeah. I think the 80-20 thing is better. I really do. Yeah. I think for your mental health too, because right. anytime you get too focused and caught up, I used to find myself getting like jealous of people eating the chicken sandwich or, you know, <laughs> I'd be like, I can't eat that. Yeah. No, I don't eat meat. But then I'm like, I want it. <laughs> yeah, I know. But then, at, you know, dinner time, I love making pastas. I mm-hmm. make like, but I make a lot of like veggie pastas. I love Thai food. Yeah. <laughs> so too. a hearty, a hearty dinner. A hearty and then dinner, I do yeah. have a sweet tooth also. Yeah, me too. So I actually, in a way, eat lighter earlier in the day. And then I like a hearty dinner. Yeah, me too. And it, it used to be the opposite for me, but now I'm leaning more towards that too. Yeah. What's your skincare routine? Because your skin looks amazing. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yours too. Thank you. I mean, I do take my skincare very seriously. I do keep it simple. I mm-hmm. sort of learned that my skin doesn't like a million steps. Always a cleanser, a moisturizer mm-hmm. at night. But then now I also am using like a discoloration defense serum, mm. vitamin C serum, eye cream. I love IS Clinical or Is Clinical. Yeah. And SkinCeuticals, I'm using those right now. Both amazing brands. I've tried a lot of, you know, more natural brands too. But right now I'm sort of into the clinical skincare. I feel like those two brands that you just mentioned are like They're so good. Notch. And I just bought a moisturizer at Blue Mercury. I can't remember what the brand of that is, but I'm trying, you know, something new. Not afraid to try new things. I'm all about like home masks. I do a lot of exfoliating. Ooh, yeah. And what are some home masks that you make? Yeah. I like a lot of clay masks. Okay. Um, yeah. clay. I have done a lot of home ones where, you know, you do honey and- Like banana. Yeah, I've done scrubs. That. Now I, I have two actually that I purchased that are both clay-based with, mm-hmm. you know, exfoliating. So you kind of can scrub, exfoliate, and then leave it on. Yeah. And I do feel like that really helps sort of purify facials also. I mean, I'm a big fan of facials. I don't get them as often as I would like to. Do you do it like once a month or? I would like to. Once a month is my ideal. Yeah. 
when I lived in Venice, I would go to Alexandra Wagner. Mm-hmm. She really changed my skin. She's amazing. But I haven't been back to her in a few years now. So I just go to somewhere close to me. And cool. it's not like as deep of a facial. Yeah. But I'd actually prefer a facial over a massage. I feel like yeah. it's a little bit of both kind of. It is. Yeah. And I get them as often as I can. Okay. And of course, drinking, you know, as much water as possible. Yeah. That's a big one for me too. But I have to constantly pee. So that's the only downfall. I mean, coffee, water, the juice. Between those, I'm, yeah, I'm, I have to pee peeing. like every 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. What is your fitness routine? I think growing up riding horses, that was a good foundation for me. Yeah. But my parents being bakers, they worked hard. Mm-hmm. So they never worked out. They just, right. you know, they're lifting 50 pound sacks of flour and lifting trays and they're in both in great shape. But so it wasn't really instilled in me to like work out or go, like to, a go to the gym. Yeah. So I, I kind of do different things all the time. Right now I walk with the stroller. I just try yeah. to do things here and there. I walk with the stroller with when I I'll put ankle weights on oh, and then cool. I'll, I'll literally just fill Love her stroller that. up with stuff and come home. Yeah. We kind of set up our garage like a gym and my boyfriend just put like a pull-up bar outside. Cool. I mean, this is what he does. I don't yeah. really do that. <laughs> but I signed up for Melissa Wood health yeah. her that online platform I she's have amazing her on the show so badly that would be so great you should she's like my number one yeah melissa really? wood if you're ever listening please very inspiring and i really like her website too for yeah because it, they have like 11 minute power yes. body videos that's my kind of workout i like yes. to work out for like 11 minutes and just do everything is key. but yeah. i'm telling you she's got this one like 10 minute arm video that my arms are dying after, you know, with yeah. just weights. So I do sometimes when I'm really trying, I tried to do the 10,000 steps things for a while mm-hmm. and I did, and I noticed really positive changes in my body. Yeah. But, you know, I think I got sick or Una got sick and then I stopped and then kind of struggled to get back into it. I know. So these are things I'm, I'm kind of like always striving to get more steps in, do more weight stuff, do more of these videos. Yeah. And I think fitness too, like I think the reason people always get so nervous when I ask it. It's like, I'm not expecting you to say like, oh yeah, I go to the gym like five days a week. But I think it's more so like just being active and not living a sedentary lifestyle. Like it doesn't necessarily mean you have to go and like lift weights, but I think just, you know, moving your body as often as you can, I think that will just do wonders for your body. Yeah. And I, I did very recently, I went to urgent care and I went to the ER and then found out ultimately that I had pulled a rib muscle oh. or causing a muscle spasm. So I know, you know, with being a mom and working and all this stuff, kind of being sedentary at a desk, I do need to like strengthen my core more and even mm. my back. Yeah. Um, the guy was like, it's a mom injury. It's like a twisting, a <laughs> twisting, putting the kid in the car seat. Yeah. Like I lift her onto the toilet. There's just so yeah. many bizarre th- movements that I do. I mean, she weighs 30 pounds and I pick her up and we go to the park and we walk this loop. Mm-hmm. It's probably like a mile and a half, maybe two miles. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I carry her, you know, half the way. Yep. So I'm like, that's a workout. It's a huge workout. <laughs> I know. After that, I'm like, I'm done. Yeah. Hunter is 30 pounds too, because he's really big for his age. Yeah. And yeah, I'm at that point too now where I'm just like, geez, boy, I can't do this for much longer. I know. And I'm going to also, inspired by Leia Rose, because yeah. I do have rollerblades and I have roller skates. Yes. So, and I used to actually, when Una was smaller. I would put her in the stroller. I'd put on rollerblades and I would just go around. 
I was doing that for a little bit. And I mean, it is a really fun workout. Yeah, I know. I scrolled all the way down in your Instagram feed just because like I always do, you know, before I have a guest on just to like do my research. Of course. And I feel like you were just like one of those cool like Venice rollerblade girls, like the hot, like free spirit, you know, like boho girl. Just That's definitely like the vibe that I want to. That is you. That's totally you to a T. When we lived in Venice, we were a lot more active because my boyfriend and I, we would skateboard everywhere. Skateboard and roller skate. I would go everywhere like that. It was just like wearing bikinis and rollerblading and or at that point more roller skating and skateboarding. Then recent more recently I bought the roller blades. Wait, what's the difference? Skates have four wheels. Okay. And they're kind of cuter and more seventies, you Uh know, but roller blades have more of a one wheels all in one row, but they're a lot more stable. So that's rollerblading easier. is easier. Rollerblading yes. is easier. And that's okay. why I decided, I was like, now that I have a kid, I decided rollerblading because roller skating. And I and I bought pads too, because I was just yeah, like, yeah, I can't afford to break my arm and not oh, be able God. to work because I design and draw right. or not be able to pick up Una. So yeah. I have to blade responsibly. <laughs> <laughs> blade responsibly. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. Last question that I ask everyone at the end of every episode is if you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice, what would you say to your younger self? The most important one I would be, I would say, start investing your money now. <gasps> I love that one. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up. Because I would probably be a millionaire now or at least have over a million if I had started investing, you know, in, you know, I don't know, I obviously know. once you start making money, just set it and forget it. I'm really into finances and investing and mm-hmm. it's a little bit tricky because I'm also a shopaholic lady who loves to spend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so in that sense, I actually have to kind of auto save, auto take things away. So as soon as I get paid, I send some to, you know, investments, some to savings kind of thing so that, that is the money's just not there good for me. Yeah. Because watch your little nest egg grow. I mean, if you do that when you're younger, you can retire so much earlier. Yeah, I know. I think there's this one statistic that says like put away just even like 10% of your paycheck or something every every month or however often you get paid and it'll accumulate Definitely. much quicker than you can the imagine. The interest, everything starts snowballing and building. and That's such good advice too because they don't teach us about finances in school. No. There are things that we actually need in life. They're just like, eh, whatever, you'll figure it out. I still to this day don't know anything about finances. I feel like I feel like I'm such an idiot when yeah. it comes to that. It's so a personal I'm, passion side hobby. It's like yeah. listening to there's some really good financial podcasts that okay. especially the ones there's a couple of women led ones that are just great. Ooh, I need her to money is one. Ooh. <laughs> okay. I gotta get on her money. Yeah. yeah. Because you know, I don't want to work forever. No, I don't and me either. There's this really cool movement, FIRE, financial independence, retire early. Mm-hmm. So just, you know, teaching people what to do with their money and how to save and invest so that you can just be free to do whatever you want. Yeah. It's more about the freedom too. Yes. That's a really, really good one. I'm glad you brought that up. Okay, Sophie. So where can everyone find you? Well, I'm uh, so free, so fine on pretty much all platforms. I'm, you are so free and you're so fine. <laughs> I'm so free, so fine. That, my dad, he gave me that nickname, I think, when I was younger. He sang a lullaby to me. So free, so fine. Or Sophie, so fine. I don't know. Oh. I came from that. 
that's my username for everything. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm not that great with social media. I just, honestly, I can't be, I can't be bothered. I wish I had some gorgeous Instagram and I have, there were so many fun things I'd love to share with the world. And But I do love your Instagram feed. I think it's great. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's a lot of work though, too. It it's is. It's like literally a full-time job. It is. On, on top of working your actual real job. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't even worry about it. So so free, so fine. So free, so fine. Yeah. Um, on Instagram. On Instagram. And then this one where our company is Power to the Flower. The Instagram is P2F Movement. Yes. And it's power at the number two, theflower.com for some cute swimsuits. Amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sophie, for being here. You dropped so many great, great little nuggets of wisdom. So I'm very excited for people yeah. to hear this episode. Thank you. Thank you all for listening to the show. I hope you gained some insight on how to practice becoming more mindful, learn the importance of listening to your intuition, gain some lifestyle takeaways and fitness tips. You can find me on Instagram at Cherokee Luker and the podcast at MILF Pod. So make sure you follow me to access exclusive content to help you become a better you, a better mother and a better human. 